0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Season's greetings to you. Holiday time, oh, we have the perfect show for you all today. Of course, it's available year-round as a podcast, and we are talking about an evergreen topic, however dressed it is in holiday garb. We're going to take a trip today to 32 Fall Street in Seneca Falls, New York. Why such a specific address? Because that's where you will find the Seneca Falls It's a Wonderful Life Museum. This is the town in spirit, if not in actual geographic fact, that George Bailey called home. And wow, is there a backstory to that? This is American Road Trip Talk, and we are going to undertake an interview with someone who is so in the know. What he doesn't know, we probably won't even think to ask, but it's all about It's a Wonderful Life today on American Road Trip Talk. Glad you joined us and happy, of course, to have our new producer, Nathan Miller, there at the board. Give us a couple of minutes. We'll be right back with the interview. Whether your perfect winter wonderland is on snow-covered Mount Hood or in a cozy, warm boutique winery or craft brewery, Mount Hood Territory is the place for your next winter stay. Hit the ski slopes midweek for fewer crowds and lift lines. Learn a new skill on a guided snowmobiling snowshoe or Nordic ski tour. Fuel up and support local at restaurants along Highway 26, brimming with chill mountain vibes. Warm up from the inside in Mount Hood Territory's craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries. And visit its boutique wineries for an intimate and casual experience during cellar season. Plan your trip at MountHoodTerritory.com slash winter. You can enter the American Road Monumental Moments photo contest now through January 14, 2023. Share your entries on social media with the hashtag... A-R-MAG20 years, that's armag two zero years, and we may even share your post on our pages, but don't forget to enter the contest for your chance to win. First place wins a $500 gift card and two nights at the Inn on the Square in Greenwood, South Carolina, a total prize worth $750. We want to give special thanks to our Monumental Moments Photo Contest sponsors, Oregon's Mount Hood Territory, the city of West Wendover, Nevada, and the Old Ninety Six District Tourism Commission in South Carolina. Monumental Moments Photo Contest. Enter now.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops, drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and alert drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital, alert drops will stop it. What is alert drops? Alert drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drops will save more lives than the Maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you're studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get Alert Drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor-approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertdrops.com. Very important. Go to alertdrops.com and stay safe.
0: Adventure. History and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Francis Fran Carasillo is a 1976 graduate of Syracuse University who grew up in Seneca Falls, New York. As a fan of the Frank Capra film classic, It's a Wonderful Life. He helped to shed light on the connections between the film's fictional setting of Bedford Falls and Seneca Falls as early as 1994 he was working on this. An early co-developer of the annual Seneca Falls, It's a Wonderful Life festival and co-founder as of 2010 of the Seneca Falls, It's a Wonderful Life museum and archives. He continues serving on the museum's board of trustees and enjoys promoting Seneca Falls as the real Bedford Falls. That's right. Seneca Falls might just be the real Bedford Falls. Now let's say hi to Fran Caracillo. Fran, we're so happy to have you with us today.
2: Happy to be joining you, Gary. Thank you.
0: What a life's passion you must have. You know, I I like to think of life in terms of sometimes you get an idea and sometimes the idea gets you. And I'm wondering which is which in your case, Fran, because you have been so crucial, so developmental, you and your colleagues, in coming up with a museum that celebrates The best Americana I can imagine, and that is a Frank Capra classic that really celebrates the essential goodness of humanity.
2: Well, it it does. And I I feel fortunate. I feel I fell into this whole thing. Um, It it just sort of happened. But uh, as an avid fan of the film, um, I couldn't be happier.
0: Oh, I can understand why. Uh, my goodness. Now, we're talking about a film, as I recall, 1946. It came out. Now, let me just do my quick arithmetic here. Well, wh- wouldn't that mean that the film is enjoying its 75th anniversary now?
2: Absolutely. Uh, the film premiered uh, at Frank Capra's preview dinner, held December 9th, 1946. Uh, it, it went on for uh, public premiering uh, shortly after that. Um, but 75 years, um, and it's just—it's just getting more and more popular.
0: That's very good news indeed. When it comes to the film itself, there's a little bit of a backstory there too, Fran, which is 1946, it comes out December of that year. Now, let me go ahead. I'm just going to assume that it did massive box office. I mean, you had Jimmy Stewart, you had Donna Reed, all those wonderful cast members. I'm sure it just did so well at the box office. It was a natural to become an all-time classic,
2: right? One would think so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there's an interesting twist Uh, it it was eagerly awaited when when Capra announced his new project uh, after getting out of the army Um, people couldn't wait for this movie to come out and for the first week or two it did great business at the box office and then oddly enough it just dropped off and it became a um, you know one showing at theaters and and stopped and both Frank Capra and Jimmy Stewart were really depressed about that. They each thought that this would be the best thing they had ever done, but it got critical reviews. It got rave reviews. It got five Academy Award nominations, but people weren't going to see it.
0: Isn't that fascinating how that should be the case? But whatever I don't know if they've ever figured out exactly why, but eventually along came something called public domain, and that made all the difference brand
2: that's that's right um in the uh, in oh, the early seventies I believe um, the film having been tucked away on a shelf um, the the copyright ran out, and it moved into the public domain. And uh, what my understanding is that the first television station to uh, discover this holiday treasure was a public television station, um, not even sure from, you know, what city, but they thought this would make great free holiday fare. And so they started showing it. And it was immensely popular, and all of a sudden, everyone every television station, um, wanted to broadcast It's Wonderful Life. Um, at, at one point, my wife and I in the, in the 1980s joked that if you were watching it and you missed a scene, went up and got a sandwich or something, um, come back and just keep turning the channel because eventually you're going to find the scene you, were, you left off on. Uh, it, was, it was everywhere.
0: You know, people, they find out in the media world, they're on to a good thing. Yes, it's going to get a lot of play, and so much the better for all of us in terms of pure access to this wonderful classic. I would like, Fran, to move on to the museum itself and the town more generally. What is the predicate behind any claim someone, you, anyone could make that Seneca Falls, New York, actually should be called the real Bedford Falls?
2: Sure. Um, well, let me, let me preface it by saying that Frank Capra, um, for the rest of his life, was asked, where was Bedford Falls? And his stock answer was always Bedford Falls represented little slices of small towns all across the country that he had visited. Um, we, we, of course, do not want to dispute Mr. Capra, so we don't claim to be the one and only inspiration for Bedford Falls. We just think we're a bigger slice than everyone else. Um, for years, people in town uh, almost made a game of watching the film and making comparisons to Seneca Falls, uh, upstate New York, um, the, the architectural look of the community. Probably the biggest thing is that bridge. Um, the bridge that George jumps from in the film Yeah if you look at the configuration of the girders, happens to be a Pratt Truss bridge. Um, Frank Capper was a, 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 a real detail guy, and we don't think he chose a Pratt Truss just randomly. It so happens that the bridge in Seneca Falls uh, that played a very important role in Seneca Falls happens to be a Pratt Truss. Um, we speculated for years whether or not Frank Capra may have stopped in Seneca Falls, perhaps during the war. Um, Being an Army uh, Signal Corps uh, officer, uh, we thought maybe he passed through to do some filming at uh, a major Army munitions depot that was uh, south of town. Um, But since that speculation, we have found out that Frank Capra actually did stop here in November of 1945. And
0: One account says he stopped in and got a haircut. It,
2: exactly. He um, he was on his way to visit an aunt that he rarely got to see who lived uh, in a town, of the, actually the city of Auburn, which is a good 20 so or so miles east of Seneca Falls. Um, and the story that Mr. Capra told the barber, Tom Bellissima, who was, cu- was cutting his hair, was that he was on his way to visit his aunt and thought he needed to clean up a little bit. So you know, could he get his hair cut? Um, It just so happened that Tom Bellissima was a young Sicilian immigrant. Um, Capra, being uh, from Sicily originally himself, recognized uh, Tom's accent, and they struck up a great conversation. They even made fun of uh, each other's names, Bellissima meaning beautiful one, and Capra meaning goat. Um, (laughs) But when... When Capra introduced himself, other than that last name, meaning goat, it didn't really strike a a note with with Tom because Tom didn't go to the movies. He had no idea who Frank Capra was at at that time. And for years, after he found out, he he kept quiet because he was embarrassed that he did not know this famous gentleman who was in his barbershop. But one of the questions that... Uh, his new customer asked was, what's the story with that bridge? Now, Seneca Falls has three bridges. Only one has any kind of story attached to it. So Tom gave him the story of the Bridge Street Bridge and the story of Antonio Vericali, who uh, was a young Italian immigrant who was here with his father trying to earn enough money to bring the rest of the family from Italy. And On the morning of April 12, 1917, young Antonio witnessed a young lady jump from the bridge. It was a matter of the heart. Her boyfriend had left her, um, and as soon as she hit the cold water, she began screaming, and Antonio jumped right in after her, managed to struggle with her close enough to shore where another gentleman waded out with a rope tied around his waist, and lifted the young lady from Antonio's arms, saving her. But sadly, Antonio disappeared beneath the water and his body was recovered a couple of hours later.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. Um, Such a history.
2: It's it, it's it's a really sad uh, and touching story, but it was one that really struck the community deeply um, in addition to the town turning out en masse for his funeral and his cemetery plot being donated, the um, the community nominated him a, for a Carnegie Heroes Fund award, uh, for which he did receive posthumously, obviously, a, um, a gold medal. Um, but the community also pitched in and raised the money to bring the rest of the family from Italy, and then in 1921 erected a bronze plaque commemorating his act of heroism uh, that is on the bridge to this day. And we think Frank Capra saw that plaque. And that was the story that he asked about.
0: And then there is the movie, which became a wonderful holiday legacy. Universal values, the goodness of a George Bailey and so many of the townspeople, uh, except one. (laughs) (laughs) And the good guys won in the end. Thank goodness. Tell us about the museum itself, how it came into being. And especially, Fran, I drive in there and you're open with certain days off. But year round, one can go there. Seneca Falls, New York to 32 Fall Street. I walk through the door. What am I going to find? Let's make sure we get to that because we want people to come and visit you.
2: You are going to find um, exhibits uh, on the, the movie itself. The actors, the many actors uh, featured in the movie, the stars as well as the character actors, um, you're going to find uh, a lot of uh, memorabilia collected by uh, the surviving actors, uh, Carolyn Coons or Carolyn Grimes. I'm sorry, Carolyn Grimes, who was Little Zuzu. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the museum started with 20 items from Carolyn Grimes's own personal uh, collection. And some Frank Capra quotes. That was the first uh, version of the museum's exhibits, uh, and it has grown tremendously since then. But we've got uh, exhibits on uh, on all of the actors, the uh, Frank Capra himself, uh, and of course exhibits on the uh, that Seneca Falls connection. Uh, there's the story of of Antonio Vericali, Um but we also have some items from the Capra family now, and uh, it, it just continues to grow at a phenomenal rate. Um, I think everyone wants to be part of, this, part of this movie, and if the way to do it is p- be part of the museum, then that's what they're going to do, and they're finding replicas, they're finding things that look just like the ones in the movie, and, and those are becoming part of the museum.
0: You've had, I believe, it's the second weekend in December annually. You have your "It's a Wonderful Life" festival. So I take it that has already happened. And if so, tell us how it went. The seventy-fifth.
2: Wow! It was huge. Uh, the festival, uh, the the annual festival, is normally uh, a three-day affair. It's usually a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, because of the seventy-fifth, we decided to go for five days. It was exhausting, but it was fantastic. Um, we had there were thousands of people. Uh, the, the three-day festival traditionally draws about fifteen thousand people to Seneca Falls uh, for that uh, that weekend festival. But this year, I'm guessing we probably came close to, if not topping twenty thousand. Um, oh, wow! And, and we're a community of less than seven thousand normally, so it, it has a huge impact. Uh, there were people here from everywhere, every state you can imagine. Uh, it, it was uh, a wonderful event. Um, uh, Zuzu, Tommy, and Janie were all here. We had the actor who played one of George's friends on the uh, the coal shovels when they were sliding down the hill before Harry went through the ice, uh, Michael Chapin. We had uh, Ron and Don Collins, twin brothers who... Uh, who played Baby Pete He's only on screen for a moment And to this day, they're not sure which one of them is actually in the movie <laughs> But they both, they both had scenes um, We had a special cast member uh, for the first time this year Gary, um, George's car made an appearance in Seneca Falls Oh, really? Uh, the, the 1919 Dodge Brothers uh, uh, touring car uh, is owned by a gentleman out in uh, Colorado, uh, Keith Smith, and with with some help from some sponsors, we were able to get the car and Mr. Smith out here, and the car was a huge draw. Um, it's been fully restored, and he's got all the documentation to show that it is the car. Um, he did repair the fender where George drove into the tree. Good. Um, but it's a it's a a beautiful vehicle, um, and it, it, it helped really make this a special anniversary celebration.
0: As we certainly would expect with what great civic pride all of you there in Seneca Falls have created, the real Bedford Falls in the public's imagination. What a great destination. And as part of the exhibits there, there's so much to talk about, I'm sure. I'm curious to know, Fran, Do you have anything in the museum's collection, in the artifacts, that indicate some kind of promotional tie-in, which... In recent decades in Hollywood, it has become just endemic to the whole culture of films. You have a, a blockbuster, or maybe not even a big blockbuster, but a film where there is a promotional tie-in. I'm wondering if there is some of that memorabilia about It's a Wonderful Life that people might have collected. Uh, maybe it was a sign advertising, a soft drinker, whatever it would be that ties in that movie at that time with people's aspirations to be part of something popular.
2: There, there, there's an awful lot um, that is at the museum right now. Um, but a lot, of the, a lot of the promotional material, um, uh, the com- I should say the commercial promotional material, came later, um, 1970s and 80s, uh, popcorn tins. It's Wonderful Life popcorn tins, uh, for instance. Um, but something that helped uh, help studios and movie theaters promote the film we have uh, we have uh, a press book uh, that was released with the movie, uh, so that uh, theaters can could place ads in the local people uh, local papers, trying to uh, attract business uh, to the you know to the local theaters uh, by advertising its a wonderful life, uh, as well as movie posters uh, in multiple languages. By the way, um, mm. lobby cards, uh, that kind of thing. Um, there is actually, and this was not released at the time of the film, but came later, um, a Zuzu doll. Um, one one special thing about uh, Zuzu is that a lot of people nowadays don't realize that uh, Zuzu was named after a cookie. Um, when when George, uh, towards the end of the movie, says, Zuzu, my little ginger snap, the audiences back then would have recognized the reference. Um Nabisco, the National Biscuit Company, had been marketing their ginger snap cookies as Zuzu Ginger Snaps for years, and and everyone was familiar with Zuzu Ginger Snaps, um, which were represented by a very. This is just my own personal opinion. A very bizarre clown character, um, but we we have we have some Zuzu Ginger Snap uh, shipping crates. We have. Uh, reproductions of the uh, of that very scary doll or, or clown, um, but uh, a lot of that comes directly from Carolyn Grimes, who who is quite famous for portraying Zuzu.
0: Absolutely true. As far as the museum itself goes, let's say I'm one of those people who think, well, you know, it would be great to be there at Christmas time. Weather could be a little iffy, and I plan on summer vacations anyway. If they show up to Seneca Falls, can they have an enjoyable, worthwhile experience at the museum? As I beg the question, should they show up in J- July or August? What do you have for people during those times of year?
2: The music- is open year round. We have uh, we our exhibits uh, our exhibits continue to evolve. So uh, you might come in and see a uh, a special exhibit on um, the, I'm I'm blanking out. I apologize on Uncle That's Billy, okay. for instance, mm-hmm. um, Thomas Mitchell, uh, or or something on Sheldon Leonard. Um, but if you came back in, uh, you know, maybe several months later. Those might be switched out for exhibits on um, one of the other many characters, Todd Carnes, for instance, uh, Harry. Um, uh, but, of course, we do have some permanent exhibits as well. Uh, we try to keep it fresh. We try to keep things evolve evolving, especially since we don't have room right now for everything that we have, so we can't put it all out at once. But oh. uh, We like to be able to provide that physical connection um not just uh, a physical place to provide us, I guess, uh, it's more almost a spiritual connection to its wonderful life by being open year-round and uh, allowing people to come in and just um, remember, relive, and, uh, and enjoy.
0: And celebrate the goodness that can be found in Seneca Falls, also known as the real Bedford Falls. I look forward to a trip sometime. I want to go there and shake your hand, Fran. You are one of those who helped make all this happen, and you sustain it to this very day and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us on American Road Trip Talk. What a great place to represent, and what a great film classic to bring to people's hearts and minds. Thank you so much, Fran.
2: Thank you, and Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas to you as well, sir, and to us all. We'll be right back. You've probably heard of Fargo, North Dakota, but we'll bet it's different from what you expected. Add Fargo to your bucket list this fall and find bold autumn colors along the Red River of the North, cow Cowprint and Mario Brothers themed murals, the world's largest dilly bar, and of course, the nicest people you've ever met. Experience north, that is, north of normal. It's a small southern town built on equestrian traditions, sporting fun, and outdoor pursuits. Located in western South Carolina, just 20 miles from the Georgia State Line, Aiken has many unique activities to cater to each kind of visitor's needs. Welcome to Aiken, South Carolina, and welcome to the Sporting South. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. Thank you for tuning into American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky representative co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. Until next time, dream well and drive safely on the American Road.